it's Mary Coleman, your host for the All Things Education podcast. If you don't know, I'm a student too, and I'm currently studying psychology. I'm so glad you're listening today because we learn about study and lifestyle tips, chat with professional guests about a range of topics. We learn about the ins and outs of school and uni life, how to form solid friendships, actualize career aspirations, chat about relationships, moving, traveling, and so much more. We have a range of content on this podcast, and it's all to help you be that much more informed about the world we live in. So let's get educated, shall we? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on the All Things Education podcast. So if you are a new listener, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome. This is the All Things Education podcast, and I am your host, Mary Coleman. Essentially, what we talk about on this podcast is a lot of things related to study skills, study techniques, um, study hacks, anything and everything related to education and study that you can possibly think of. We specifically focus on Australian students um, and we're also speaking about students now from the UK and America. So we're branching out, um, which is really exciting. And yes, we speak about career pathways, um, different techniques that you can apply into your studies um, and particularly how to get into um, professions such as medicine, um, law and psychology and we speak about a lot of different um yeah different career pathways speaking with a lot of different professionals so i am really excited for you guys to be listening to this episode today we are going to be joined by the wonderful st Rappaport, and she is essentially going to be talking to us about study skills study techniques um the 28 cognitive functions and amazing um terms like that which i'm really excited for you guys to learn this episode i've really encouraged st to share the tips that we wouldn't ordinarily hear just from a normal episode or something that is generic um, I tried to make it a little bit more um, specific and cultured to hearing tips that you might not necessarily have heard of before. And there are some really cool um, ideas that ST gives out. So I'm excited for you guys to hear about it. Okay, so let's talk about the amazing charity called Bright Futures Child and Development Organization. So if you are looking for a way to make a difference in the lives of children and families in need around the world, consider supporting Bright Futures Child Aid and Development Agency. So Bright Futures is a non-for-profit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and families through sustainable programs focused on education, health, and economic development. They tailor um, their unique needs basically for each of the local communities, and they work in partnership with these local communities to create solutions. Yeah, that are tailored to their unique needs um, and their circumstances, which and ensuring that their efforts have um, a long-lasting impact. But the thing is that they can't do this alone. They rely on the support of people like you to help them make a difference. And that's why I've started a merch store and I donate 100% of the profits to Bright Futures. By purchasing a product from this store, you can help support this organization and the children and families that it serves. So um, my merchandise store offers a variety of products, including t-shirts, hoodies, and hats that they're not only stylish, but they also support a good cause. And the store's designs are inspired by my passion for education and my belief in the power of just learning to transform lives. So if you are looking for a way to make a difference and support an important cause, consider purchasing one of these products from the merchandise store with hundred percent of these profits going to support Bright Futures Child Aid and Development Agency. You can make a positive impact on the lives of children and families around the world. So I would highly encourage you guys to go check out that store. You can check it out in the show notes. I love smoothies, you guys, but I don't love smoothie bar prices. Best thing ever though, with my Blendette 2 Portable Blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for a fraction of the price. Blendette 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with total ease. Blendette 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 blends as well and recharges quickly via USB-C. 
best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With over 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from, there's a Blendjet 2 to complement just about any style. Personally, I love the Blendjet 2 in the color blush as it perfectly complements my handbag that I carried around in. So what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code study 12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They'll guarantee you love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code study 12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Okay, so just a bit of a life update for you guys. Obviously, I haven't released an episode in the last three weeks, so I apologize for that, but happy Easter. And obviously, we've been in the university holidays, so I'll be planning out a lot of fun episodes for you guys and just, yeah, pursuing the All Things Education Instagram a little bit more as well. If you haven't already checked that out and given it a follow, I highly recommend. It's got some great content on there. The tag is at All Things Education 21. That's one word. So highly go check that out. Highly recommend. And yeah, I think we should just essentially jump straight into the episode. Before we just do, I'd absolutely love to talk about the wonderful guest star today on the podcast, which is St. Rappaport. So St. Rappaport is a brain coach who works with high achieving entrepreneurs to unleash their potential via peak brain performance. St. assists them to rewire their brain so they can remove overwhelm um, and get more done in less time and maximize their productivity with more ease and flow. I'm really excited um, to share this episode with you guys. We had such a great conversation. I seriously learned so much from this episode as well. And I, yeah, I'm really excited to share this with you guys. So let's jump right into it. Welcome, ST, to the All Things Education podcast. How are you today? So, so excited to be here with you, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's an honor to have you. I'm really keen for this discussion. Um, yeah, I'm, I think we should just dive right on into it. Um, first of all, would you like to explain to the listeners who you are and what you do and just a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am a brain coach. Currently, I work with entrepreneurs to help them remove stress and overwhelm. Um, but the same strategies that I use now to help them remove stress and overwhelm, I've used for quite a while helping children and adults of various ages, helping them improve their thinking skills so that way they can remove that stress and overwhelm. Mm. So this really applies to anyone whoever is listening. I'm also the host of the Business Brain Podcast where we go deeper Woo. into some of these thinking skills. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so keen. Yeah, and um, yeah, let's jump right onto it. I, what's in, in your opinion, um, do you have any sort of effective ways to improve critical thinking skills and apply them to problem solving? Yeah, so before like we get into like what, critical thinking is and like mm. how to actually like use them. I like to approach things from a very specific approach. It's called mm-hmm. the Feuerstein method um, where you're looking at thinking instead of one big thing, but rather 28 separate thinking skills. So anything okay. that you are doing as you are going about your day, as you are studying, as you are learning, you are using these 28 thinking skills. Sometimes you use Mm -hmm. more, sometimes you use less, but they're just like part of your entire, like your entire life as you're going about doing all activities. Now with there being 28 of them, naturally you're going to have some stronger ones and some weaker ones, but those weaker ones are making it a bit challenging for you to do the things you want to do. So 
back to your question, how do we improve our thinking skills? I'm going to first want to understand, or you're going to want to first understand for yourself, which one of the 28 thinking skills, also called cognitive functions, which mm-hmm. one of those 28 cognitive functions are making it challenging for you to do the critical thinking, which is made up of thinking like it's which is made up Mm. of these thinking skills right so in order for you Mm. to do critical thinking in order for you to do problem solving you need to do that so i'll just give you an example um yeah it's like practical like right like you want effective ways to be able to apply them to problem solving so for example there's one of the thinking skills one of the cognitive functions is called clear perception it's being able to take in information in a clear and organized manner right so you're listening to this episode and you're listening to everything I'm saying, everything Mary's saying, and it's coming in in a clear and organized way. If you are mm-hmm. trying to do a problem solving example, you're try- or you have a problem in your everyday life and you're trying to like figure out what to do. A lot of times like people get overwhelmed. They're like, I just can't do this. And they like push it away. They get right. Like frustrated. I'm like, sure. You could relate to that. What is that coming from? That's not coming from because you don't know how to do it. That is coming from, mm-hmm. There's a lot of information. Your brain is getting overwhelmed by all this information. And instead of taking it in a clear way, it's like, okay, I I just can't do this. So instead, you could do one of three things, even all three if you want. The first one is you could approach it as an observer. Instead of like right now having to solve this problem, try to see it as like from an observer's perspective. And then Mm -hmm. the information isn't as overwhelming. That's number one. Number two is we take information in through our five senses, right? So if you could go through each of the five senses and ask yourself, what do I see? What do I hear? Mm. What do I smell, right? And label things of what you're saying. So you're reading your problem or you're trying to figure out this problem in your life and you label the things that are going on. This is what I'm seeing right now. It's very consciously taking in the information in a clear and organized way, right? And then the last one is actually like getting on to work on it is asking yourself, what is my starting point? Instead of having to solve this whole entire problem, what is the first thing I need to do to get started on this? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. Right. That's awesome. Um, And in terms of, I would love to talk on, um, talk about decision-making skills which like interplays nicely into what you're saying um and how can you know the listeners today develop in those decision-making skills and I guess reduce the likelihood of making impulsive decisions yes that is a really really good one um because just like we said it also goes back to those cognitive functions to the Mm -hmm. 28 thinking skills right so actually surprisingly one the cognitive function that is most related to decision making is being able to compare now most people think they know how to compare right like red yellow big small like that they could do yeah the thing is like when we go into making decisions let's say you're going to buy a new laptop right so you go to the store and you're like okay i'm gonna go buy this laptop but instead of like Mm -hmm. saying comparing them correctly what we say is hey this one is blue and this one is red this one is 18 inches this one is 22 inches and it's like 
you're comparing them on different levels. You're saying this, I like this one better because this one is red. Mm-hmm. And I like this one better because this one is 22 inches instead of comparing them on the same level and deciding mm-hmm. what's most important for you. So what you've got to do is compare everything on the same levels, right? Like the, both the same color, both the same size, both the same taste, both whatever you're trying to figure out and then decide what is your most important um, parameter like what's most important is price most important for you is color most important for you is size of screen most important for you right like different times you need different things and then when you're very clear on that and you could stick to that then you'll be ma- able to make quick good decisions yeah okay right yeah and I mean I guess what's your best tip for not making an impulsive decision so like think yeah thinking about it um like you said, on the same scale, like the same level. Um, but I guess um, more in the sense that as well, how do you avoid, um, you know, rushing that process and um, just being, you know, super impulsive in in that decision in that moment? Yes. So the first one, I know some of you are going to roll your eyes, but like you, <laughs> I know for my clients, like it, it takes a while to really get into this, but when you do, it is really worth it. Um, really basically training your brain to stop and think. So purposely Mm. putting yourself in like challenging situations where your brain has to stop and think. Now this could be fun, right? Like you could be playing a game, a board game with your family or like anything that like you don't have like pressure of time, like screen games a lot of times, like, right? Like you have mm-hmm. the timer ticking. But like, if you could have to play like a strategy game where you have to think about it and you're like purposely mm-hmm. forcing yourself to think, you're training your brain to slow down. But another one of my favorite ways to that actually um, develops like the neural connections in your brain is by improving our sense of touch okay yeah Yeah. there's a lot of science that goes into it because it's very much related to focusing the same part of the brain is in in charge of touch but essentially what happens is when we're touching we're not actually touching because we see something before we touch it so our eyes are seeing it right like if i touch a pen i've touched this Mm. pen so many times beforehand so before my hand actually gets to it when my eye sees it it knows what it's feeling like so it's already imagining what it's going to feel like right yeah wow so We don't, that sense is not very much developed. So what you want to do is you want to blindfold yourself. Yes. Blindfold yourself. Um, have someone wow. else take like <laughs> random items and put it in a bag or something from around the house. And you, um, with your blindfolded, feel these stuff that will like focusing on the sense, like all the details of the item that you're picking up and trying to describe so that way you create the neuron connections in your brain that slow down and actually help you reduce your impulsivity. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And that actually leads perfectly into what I was going to ask you next, which is um, what are some great strategies that you have uh, for improving memory retention and recall, Um, especially when it comes to studying for exams and learning new skills and um, yeah, just memory retention. Yes. So memory, there's actually two types of memory. Memory. We have what's called working memory, like short-term memory, mm-hmm. memory that we need like for while we're doing a task. So on the exam, you're using working memory because you're remembering the question and then you're having to answer it, right? But here mm-hmm. you're asking more about the other type of memory of long-term memory. Memory like I'm studying it today for an exam that's tomorrow, right? That's like taking longer 
long, longer amounts of time mm. to learn. So working memory itself is one of the 28 cognitive functions. However, short, sorry, short-term memory is one of the <laughs> 28 cognitive functions. And long-term memory, what we're doing is when we're studying for exams or learning new skills, is actually require it's like one level above cognitive functions it requires you to use many okay. of the cognitive functions together okay mm-hmm. um now if to get very practical about this obviously i'm going to say to like improve your cognitive functions but like i know mm-hmm. people want something like right now right so that way they could improve <laughs> um their memory and retention there's a mm-hmm. lot of tips and a lot of hacks i don't know what you've like learned before but one of my absolute favorite ones is doing reading it right before you go to bed um mm-hmm. because then i do that all the time yeah at night, like your subconscious mind is like working on it and mm. remembering it. So that way, like, it's literally like the last thing you do, like after you brush your teeth, like literally the last thing. And that yeah. way it's like focused on it. And don't be surprised if you have some dreams about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one. Another one that you could do is um, take the, take a piece of paper and yes, speaking of memory, a really good way to get better at memory is to actually write physical, like pen to paper mm. instead of just typing. So that's a side point. But take a pen and paper, fold it in half um, the long way. And now you have four columns on between both halves of the paper. Whatever mm. you are studying for has to fit on this paper. So as you go and you study, you want to rewrite your notes or wherever, like the slides or whatever you're getting the information from in short, short, short on these like bullet points on this paper. What is happening during this process, your brain is not just like reading it and like memorizing it and trying to like remember it. It's actually having to process the information, Mm. find a new way to say it. And then you also have the writing to the paper, which adds an additional like memory element of it. Yeah, right. Wow. I think putting pen to paper is something I really, really enjoy. And actually for, I studied French in year 12 and it was something I loved doing. I read my um, French exam, my oral exam right before I went to sleep. And I did that for quite a number of weeks. And that like, I could say um, it evidently helped me in my oral exam because I, I'm not even sure how, I mean, you know how, and <laughs> you just explained how, but um, yeah, it, it just, I just feel like I retain more memory Um when I'm reading it, like literally the second I, before I turn my light out, I'm reading it. So yeah, it's I'm really so happy. Yeah, I love that. like, yeah, <laughs> sometimes so like people like hear things and they don't like actually do it, but it's like proof, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I saw it one time on like an Instagram video and then I just tried it for the fun of it. And I woke up the next day and I thought, Hey, this actually works. Yeah. Now you could say that the other things I talked about also work. So you could actually try them. also. Exactly. I know everyone should be trying these tips. I hope everyone's writing them down as well while they're listening. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess determining, um, turning into time management, um, how would you say is a really good way that students can learn to manage their time effectively and prioritize tasks to achieve their goals? And I guess not in just the sense that, um, you know, like, you know, writing everything down and, you know, making sure that you're doing the most important thing first or the, like the thing with like the least amount of time first. But um, I don't know, is there any sort of um, newfound ways or unique ways that you've learned um, 
that you're able to tell the listeners about how they can manage a time effectively that they might not have heard before or um, something that you have tried and has worked really well for you? Yes. So I'll share a few things. I hope you don't haven't heard them before, but if you yeah, then <laughs> No, I'm sure not. I'm <laughs> Maybe sure someone not. else has it. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to go back to with the time managing time, managing time once again is related to the 28 cognitive functions. Mm. Now, a bit like long-term memory, it's requires multiple of the cognitive functions. So mm-hmm. if any one of the, the cognitive functions related to time management are weak for you, it is going to be a challenge. Now, I'm not saying this to like put you down in any which way, or I'm not saying to like make it dreadful and say that it's impossible for you. I'm saying this in opposite in the way of like, in a way of giving you hope. Up until now, you've probably tried like a bunch of different time management hacks and it wasn't actually working because there's an underlying issue there. Once you solve that issue, all the other hacks that you've learned in the past will actually work better for you. Um, so obviously one of the biggest cognitive functions related to time management is simply the concept of understanding time. Believe it or not, our brain's struggle with it. It's very, very, very abstract concept. Even like Einstein said, it's like one of the most abstract Mm. concepts. So we think like we know time, but our brains don't actually understand it. So first you're going to want to do is get a big calendar, a big monthly calendar. Yes. 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 Right. Haven't heard that one before. So that's good. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) But even better, don't just hang up one month, hang up six months to a year, depending on like Mm. how much your brain could handle at a time. Because that's also related to cognitive functions, how much your brain can handle at a time. Um, but this way, your brain is starting to get the big overview picture of time, mm. what's happening, what exams are happening first, second, when you're going, even though you know you're going on vacation, on holiday, mm. then you know, like, it's much easier for your brain to see that, hey, it's like two days before it come back from, you know, like yeah. that type yeah. so it gets it very clear. That's first of all. Second of all, for your brain to be able to get better at understanding time. It want, many times we think we know how long something takes us, but it doesn't, but like we underestimate it. Like we don't realize how long it actually is. So this is a challenging one, but it's going to be so worth it for you. For the next week, any activity that you do often, time, how long you take a shower, time, how long mm, wow. you... Like it takes you to study for this specific course or how long, you know, like you have this quiz every week, how long it takes you to prepare for that, right? Whatever you do often, like, you know, it is part of your regular schedule, Mm. time it. So that way, when you plan it, you actually plan enough time. Okay. Wow. I really, really love that one. That's so cool. Yes. Now, now I'm getting like into the practical of the actual planning part, um, I always say, besides for doing like what you said earlier about like which task to do first, personally, my preference is to always start with the most important task um, because mm-hmm. as things go on, as the day goes on or as like our plan goes on, like life happens and sometimes we lose patience and sometimes emergencies come up, and, mm. right? But at least you know like the most important thing. So if you have to ask yourself what is the most important thing, start with that. Um, now Mm. what else you're going to want to do is you're going to want to leave what's called white space. Um, you could either like do it, let's say like five minutes in between every task while you plan, or you could like leave an hour at some point in your day. Now during this white space, 
you have one of two things. Either it could just give yourself like brain to relax and recover, which is going to help you be able to focus much better on your next task. Or like worst case, it gives you that extra couple of minutes to be able to like catch up for whatever you are planning. Because you never want to just write a to-do list. You want to be able to actually block the time in your calendar. So literally like hour by hour or even more like half hour, 15 minutes, like write down exactly what you're going to do. Like plan out when you're going to do every single activity and in between them or Mm. at one hour during the day, you're going to leave the white space. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And that perfectly interplays with mindfulness and self-awareness. And I guess what role um, does mindfulness and self-awareness have in improving skills and decision-making and all of that time management and everything that we've said from above. Yes. So I always say you can't have any change if you're not self-aware, right? Like you're not going to change something if you didn't know that you needed to change about it. But how do we become aware, right? Um, So one way is becoming aware is if like someone tells us or you're listening on a podcast or something like that. But not always is it everything that we want to be aware about. Like if we would just rely on the rest of the world and not take responsibility for it, we're not going to get very far. So being mindful and specifically mindfulness with journaling, then you are giving yourself the space and the time for your your brain to like pick up cues and like subtle things and ask yourself questions that you didn't think of before Mm. that will help you be able to make that change to improve those thinking skills, et cetera. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. And I mean, are there any particular um, like things that you like to do for self-awareness or mindfulness that um, you have found help improve your thinking and or even just your capacity for wanting and, and understanding that there is a need for change in a particular habit you may be doing? Yeah, so give you one for mindfulness and one for self-awareness. Mindfulness... Um, First of all, is like there's like a, been quite a bit of research that people who stay focused on their task at hand, and more specifically, are like mindful on the actual task that they're doing instead of just like keep on like getting distracted or like by their phones yeah. and like everything, right? But actually, mm-hmm. mindful on it, first of all, tend to be a lot, lot happier. That's just like wow. uh, interesting, Statistic. like research, yeah. But yeah. what I tend to find is like it's very most people struggle. Like you can't just be mindful the whole day, but if you could um, find something in your day where if you have like multiple points in your day where you're going to remind yourself to be mindful, then like it helps you become mindful. So for example, let's say if you like you're driving every time you get to a red light, you decide Mm -hmm. you're going to be mindful, right? Okay. Um, if you don't drive, like if there's something else that like happens often that like every time you go and get a drink of water, like, right, you're going to go and be mindful. Mm. Choose something that happens multiple times. You could do it like when you wash your hands after the bathroom, you know, like who really cares? Mm. But something that happens multiple times throughout the day as like a reminder for your brain to be like, okay, be mindful about the situation. And eventually mm. that will spread to other areas. Yeah, of your well. life. Now for yeah. self-awareness, um, you want to ask yourself questions. Get like curious about yourself and ask the world questions and more specifically, ask yourself questions like, why am I doing this? How did this work? Why did like, right? Like when you got back an exam that you did really well on, like why, what, what did I do that helped me, that helped me like be successful in this exam? But always like almost like have conversations with yourself, you know? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think as well, like, um, currently I'm studying a liberal arts degree. And it's very interesting because, um, as well as psychology, but it's really interesting, ST, because um, I feel like and one of the components in there is philosophy. And it's amazing to develop that philosophical thinking and that mindset because I do think in so many ways it interplays into self-awareness, um, especially, yeah, for the self, but um, also awareness about others and how you know, others impact your lives, how you impact others and how others are impacting others' lives, you know? And it's, it is really cool just to, um, yeah, to learn it um, from a philosophical point of view. Um, and do you think that philosophy does improve self-awareness? Like, would you say that's the case? The philosophy of, of, of what part? Well, I guess just the philosophy of, of thinking and the world in which we live in. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I, yeah, yeah. So so I think that we, like, miss a point to self-awareness. I like to say, like, in general, like, the world misses, like, oh, mm. like, be self-aware. But it don't actually mm. teach you, like, how to be self-aware, yeah. which comes <laughs> through so thinking. But there's even a step before the thinking. There needs to be what's called a stimulus. Something needs to, like, trigger mm. your thinking to be self-aware. So it could be something that you've heard, right? Or something that you watched. Maybe you were even like people watching in a restaurant or something. And like that triggered you to mm. think about something that made you self-aware about something else. It could be that you're listening to this episode, right? That is a trigger that helps you think about. But sometimes we could mm. just ask those questions to ourselves. Then we're also asking like a journal prompt or just a question. Then we're causing that's going to trigger that will help you think that will make you self-aware. Yeah, and also just that that difference in, yeah, the stimulus and the triggers, that, they're super important because you don't want to just um, placate yourself just to seeing something and, and not thinking about, you know, the environment in which you're in or um, the culture or whatever's around you. And, yeah, that's really, really interesting. And, um, again, flows on perfectly to something else I was going to ask about, um, particularly um, in terms of creativity and cultivating this sense of a growth mindset um how do you think someone could you know develop their creativity and cultivate that growth mindset to approach challenges in very much a positive and productive way yes I love growth mindset so much Mm. growth mindset by Carol Dweck (laughs) I'm assuming you've heard about that um Mm -hmm. but um my favorite way to develop growth mindset is really in changing the language right? So when we say I can't do something, then your brain is actually figuring out ways that you can't do it. As soon as you Mm. say that, like, I'm going to figure out a way how to do this, your brain will start learning how to figure it out. So my favorite way of using this language is by adding the word yet, by saying I can't do this yet. Okay, cool. Automatically, your brain is like, it's true. Right now I can't do this, right? Because we don't want to lie to ourselves. So right now I can't do this, but I am going to favor out of weight. And it actually is going to start um, looking out um, to find a way. Another thing about growth mindset is not being afraid to fail, right? So many times we're like, especially when we're in a school setting and there's like exams and stuff. And there's like a lot of pressure of like not failing. But if you could put yourself in situation, purposely putting yourself in situations where you're, where you're going to fail, maybe don't do it purposely in places where it's going to have an effect like on your degree, <laughs> but like, like by learning a new skill or trying a new recipe or like doing something like complicated that you've never done before. And you're mm. like, I'm just going to go for the fun of this. And I am just going to purposely put myself in a challenging situation. You are very consciously developing your growth mindset. 
Wow. Yeah. And something that I'm, I mean, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but um, just in terms of the language of how you're saying, you know, put the word yet at the end of everything, I find that um, especially even putting the word and instead of but like but I can't do this but and I and I will do this like you know it just that that also is like such a tiny shift um and it's taken me quite a while to pick it up and adapt it into my um language and you know just the way I speak but and um it's so good to to avoid the word but and to replace it with and if that that makes any sense yeah no I do that one a lot it's a really good one a really good one yep yeah and I mean speaking of communication and language how can listeners improve their communication skills to build strong relationships and um, especially navigate conflicts effectively because um, I guess the way that we communicate is of course like you know um, a lot through our body language and um, through our expression and our tone um, and there's a lot of physical um, communication but um, yeah so how can people just improve their communication skills um, which would um, yeah lessen conflicts um, and build strong relationships Yes. So once again, communication requires many cognitive functions, many of the 20 thinking skills. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so by improving any of these, you're automatically going to improve communication, but we'll get very tactical afterwards. Let me just share a few of those. One is giving a thoughtful response, like clearly expressing yourself. Another one is considering another person's perspective, right? And another one um, Mm. is labeling. A lot of times, well, those are thinking skills that are affecting communication. Now, a lot of times when I start with labeling, we like, we tend to say like, let's say, put this there, right? Or like, can you get me that? Like, what's that? Yeah. Or put this in the yeah. closet. But we weren't like precise and we weren't labeling what we actually wanted. And we end up like getting into like miscommunication. Like how many times were you like in an argument or like disagreement with someone and like midway mm. through, you realize that although you're both using the same word, you mean it about different things, yep. right? Yep. That's also labeling. <laughs> labeling is like giving the correct, correct label with the correct definition. Now, what's the correct label? It doesn't really make a difference what it is as long as whoever you're communicating with understands what you're talking about. So first of all, I like have this big thing, like it's my, my own theory, but like, I think that we could honestly cut 50% of arguments if we just improve this cognitive functions of labeling. So next time like you see yourself like getting into a bit of like a disagreement or things aren't like going really well, like just take a moment, like tell a person like, okay, let's step back for a second. What do you mean by whatever word you're, you're getting really um, frustrated on? Another one Mm. to improve um, the cognitive function of considering another perspective, um, to help you with the communication and when you're communicating with people is what happens is most times when we're talking to someone, we have a movie playing in our brain, right? Like we are listening to what the person is saying and we're watching that Hmm. movie, but we're watching the movie from our perspective and from what we know about this person and about the world. When you're talking to someone Hmm. and when they're speaking, put your movie on pause and play their movie instead you're gonna get right back to your movie as soon as you get to talk again (laughs) but see if you could like watch their movie while they're talking and that way you'll really be able to understand them and communicate in that with them in a way that you'll actually be able to communicate like that will get you both of what you want Mm. and that comes back to mindfulness as well yes yes and self-awareness part of it yeah Yeah. right that's insane yeah um 
And just to touch finally, um, I'd love just to talk about your journey, ST, of just becoming such a successful thinker and, um, yeah, particularly um, discussing if you have used any specific strategies to improve your own thinking skills and achieve your goals. Um, obviously, like within the podcast, um, you know, the discovery of these 28 cognitive functions and, and yeah, just your, your journey as an amazing human being. <laughs> Ah, yes. So my story started back when I was in fifth grade and I struggled with reading. I went to a lot of reading tutors and I liked it that I got to miss class, but my parents not so Mm -hmm. much, especially when they're spending (laughs) a lot of money and they didn't really get results. So they decided to bring in what's called these four mediators, right? These people who know about these 28 thinking skills. And because we didn't do any reading, we actually just improved these 28 thinking skills not only did my reading improve, but every single other area of my life did academically, um, socially, my confidence, right? Like we're solving the actual core issue of where everything, all the activities stem from. So at the time I knew I was going to learn it, but I didn't realize it is going to be my whole life. Um, when I was, uh, in my late teens, I started getting training in this method and it takes some time because like you have to you learn it and you apply it and like you look, come back and you learn more. And during this process of learning about it, I also took a Tony Robbins course um, called RPM, like a rapid planning method on how to plan based on motivation and not your to-do list. Now, I thought it was a really cool concept, but I really struggled to implement it. Not that I didn't try, but I couldn't do it because a lot of what he spoke about was planning six months or a year ahead. But wow, I still you. had some weak cognitive functions and I was not able to do that. No matter how hard I tried, like my brain couldn't comprehend it. Even though I was really like, I always would plan my day the night before, ever since high school, which by the way is a really good tip. So I you could take that mm, also. 100%, um, yes. <laughs> but I couldn't like do the long-term thinking. So whatever, I just like dismissed it. And then a few months later, I went um, for additional training to improve specifically the cognitive function of categorizations. Now, categorizations right. works both ways. It's about being able to say like, okay, red, yellow, green, blue, right? Like categorizing it into like different groups and things like that. But it's also taking the opposite. Being able to say, here I have all these things. What is the big picture of this whole topic? What is this big picture of this whole thing? And through this training, I ended up improving my own cognitive function of categorizations. Mm. And all of a sudden now I was able to start thinking ahead because now I was able to think big picture. I was able to see the forest, not just the trees, right? Yeah. And I started planning differently. Like I'll give you like a quick example. Like let's say I would have to go return something, but I would know I was getting a new shipment tomorrow. And like, maybe I would have to return more of those. I would still go today because I needed this to happen right now. And I couldn't Mm. like wait, like maybe tomorrow, like those big things together. And I could just go tomorrow and do both at the same time. Right. So I ended up wasting a lot of time. And afterwards I would improve this cognitive function. I saved many, many hours doing whatever I was doing. So that's when I got super passionate about this and started working really intently with people. But specifically, um, the cognitive functions, specifically the things that have helped me, like and the strategies that have helped me um, improve my thinking skills, was I touched on a little bit of when I quote when I said about asking questions earlier, always asking myself questions. Um, and there's two types of questions. You could either ask yourself questions like, 
before when you're in a problem, like in a challenging situation, or you could ask yourself after you're successful. Now using both is like so powerful. The, so when you're in a challenging situation and you don't know what to do, three simple questions to ask yourself. Okay. Number one, what do I see? Okay. Remember it goes a little bit back to the beginning when I spoke mm. about this in the beginning. Number two, getting clear on the problem. It's another cognitive function. What is the problem? Mm-hmm. So what do I see? What, what is the problem? And number three is what strategy can I use? Okay. Mm. Now, the other type of questions is after you're done doing something successfully, asking yourself what helped me be successful. Okay. Get super clear. Not just like, oh, I planned. Like, how did I yeah, plan? Yeah, yeah. What did I do? Right. And then whatever you come up with super successful, give it a name. Okay. So maybe it's like planning the night before. I don't know. You can make them fun. You can make them silly. You can make them boring. It doesn't make a difference. Give mm-hmm. it a name, but then keep a notes, a running notes on your phone, like, or on a pad of paper, whatever you want, a list of all the strategies that you've used, like that have helped you be successful. So next time when you're in a challenging situation, you don't feel like, oh, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, and I'm not equipped and I don't have anything. You have a toolbox of strategies that you've used in the past that can help you now solve this problem, yeah, right. achieve your goals and move forward. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is, those are just so many little golden nuggets of wisdom, ST. I'm genuinely in awe. Like my jaw is dropped right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the All Things Education podcast. Um, it was an honor to have you and thank you for the amazing chats. Thank you, Mary. This was so much fun. Yes, and we'll keep in touch. Oh, yes. I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely love that episode. I took so much away from it and I hope you guys did as well. If you had something that you absolutely loved and it was just such an amazing quote that you learned or an amazing piece of advice that you took away from today, send me a message, DM me at allthingseducation21.com or you can shoot me a message on Instagram at allthingseducation21 and let me know what you learned because I'm really keen and would love to give you my feedback and yeah, know what you're learning from the podcast. Once again, if you wanted to get 12% off your new and amazing blend jet, don't forget to punch in the code study12 for 12% off. The link will be in the description um, for the show notes below. So you'll be able just to click on that and it'll take you straight to the blend jet website. There's so many pretty colors to choose from. And yeah, would highly recommend you guys go check that out. So please definitely do. And last but not least, make sure to rate the podcast five stars. And if you are listening through Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a review. I love getting this review from you guys. I've been getting receiving a couple, which is really exciting and I enjoy reading them. So keep that up. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you for everyone who's recently been following the Instagram account. Very, very appreciative of that. The All Things Education 21 Instagram account has been popping off. Oh my goodness. We're nearly at 500 followers and I'm really excited for that. So if you haven't already followed, please go give it a follow. And if your friends aren't following, tell them to follow as well. Why not? We'll be doing another giveaway shortly, which is really exciting. We'll be giving away some of the All Things Education merch. So definitely, yeah, be sure to check out the Instagram and keep listening to the ends of the podcast episodes where I'll be sharing the giveaway information. Thanks everyone. Stay educated and see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the All Things Education podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, why not support the show? Head to the description of this episode and click on the support the show link to donate in increments of $5. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. And remember, the advice given on this channel and on our social media is general information only. If you have any specific personal health, well-being and or educational issues, reach out to professionals such as your GP, school counselor and or a trusted person in your life before making any final decisions. 
Please do not take this episode as specific personal advice. And hopefully you now have more information about the topic you've listened to today. For more study and lifestyle content, head to our Instagram at allthingseducation21 and the link in the bio will direct you to many helpful resources. Stay educated, everyone, and see you next time.